0: Good, great. All right, well, welcome to uh, What's the Point, as Catherine said. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at the topic of church. So what I want you to do to start with is I want you to turn to the person next to you. And I want you, if you had to describe church in one word, what word would you use? Go for it. Okay, let's have let, anyone brave enough to shout out what you thought. You've got to shout really loud. I can't hear, I can hear like, Mwah. say them really loud. Worship. What did you say, Church. Describe church in one word, church. You can't use the same word. That doesn't help us. You've got to think of a different word to describe church. Any others? Community. Good word. Yeah. Holy. Wow. Yeah. Evil. Oh, people. I was like, gosh. Ooh, I've got my work cut out if you're here thinking church is evil. Um, yeah, gone. on. Gathering. Uh, you were listening last night. Well done. Yeah. Powerful. Gosh, wow. You guys have got great expectations of church. Yeah, over there. Family. Oh, I don't need to say anything. You guys have got it. Go on, let's have a few others. Home. Nice. Yeah. Evangelism. Did you say? Wow. Gosh, look at this. Yeah. Home. Look at this. Brilliant. Well, I was expecting words like boring. Did you say boring? You should have shouted it out. You wouldn't have got in trouble. This is the place. We can say those things. Um, That's the kind of answers I was expecting, so I'm very impressed with the answers that you've got. My hope is, I just want to speak for about 10, 15 minutes, uh, and then we'll just have some some kind of questions as well. I've got a few friends that will join us for that panel as well. Um, Trying to explain, why does church matter? Maybe you you were born into church. Maybe your parents uh, are very committed to church and involved in church, and so you've always gone. You can't remember a time where church hasn't been part of your life. And so the reason that church matters, what's the point of church, basically mum and dad or mum or dad or grandparents, whoever looks after you, have dragged you to church from, from a, a young age. And so it's just kind of part of your rhythm of week. You know, you go to school on Monday to Friday, you do whatever sports on Saturday or whatever, and then Sunday you do church. And it's like hardwired in. You know, like Si was talking about last night, to be a Christian means you have to go to church. We can sometimes carry that, can't we, in, in what we think. So, what I want to do just for ten minutes is try to help us see why does church matter. And I want to use one Bible verse. So if you've got your Bibles, wave them in the air, like you just don't care if you've got your Bible. Yeah, well done. Well done, Holy Joe, at the back there. Joe Chick, he's a youth leader in Canterbury who's retiring from youth leadership at the end of New Day. No. Oh, no, oh, he's gonna play an ultimate youth leader game though. That's his punishment. Um, one Timothy three. So we're in the book of One Timothy, it's in the New Testament. Basically go to the middle and then go right. Um, and it's a letter that's written by a guy called Paul. Paul was one of the leaders of the early church. He planted, he started lots of churches. And then he was supporting uh, the churches as well after that. And Timothy was someone that Paul had said, look, I've got to go on to go and help other places and see other churches started. Can you remain in a place called Ephesus, which is kind of Turkey today? Uh, and can you help the church to become all that she's meant to be? And so we see he says these words in 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. He says, if I'm delayed, so Paul's trying to get back to Timothy. He's hoping to go and see him again. He says, if I'm delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves. So he's kind of saying, look, I've left you in charge. I've given you some instructions. You will know how people should conduct themselves. Now listen, this is how he talks about the church. In the household of God, this is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Paul says, What's the point in church? There's three things that Paul draws out. The first is this that the church is the household of God. Another way of putting that is that church is God's family. Quite a few of us were saying, I don't know what words you use, but maybe quite a lot of us use words like family or home. And that's what the Bible says. Here we see that Paul is saying, Church matters. What's the point in church? It's the household of God. Listen church is not a meeting that we attend, it's a family that we belong to. And sometimes we can slip into thinking that church is either the building or it's the meeting. So when COVID came and suddenly churches couldn't meet in person, we saw quite a lot of this language. You know, our buildings may be closed, but the church is still open. It was trying to emphasize a bit of a wrong understanding that people carry, which is that church is about this meeting I go to. So church is the Sunday service. That's not what we see in the Bible. What we see in the Bible is that church is the people. It's the family. And so we belong to a family. And so if you are in a church, it's not a meeting that you go to. It's not a place that you go to. It's a people that you're part of. And I think that's really important. Because one of the reasons that church really matters, and I think why God planned it as he planned it, is because when you are part of a family, it helps deal with, I think, what is a huge problem in our culture at the moment which is the problem of loneliness. Many people go through life struggling with loneliness. When you read the Bible, you see that God made us not to be alone, but to be in community. God has made us to be in relationship with one another. That's not just talking about marriage. That's talking about friendship. That's talking about family. And church actually is God's answer to loneliness. I was looking at something this last week I was just reading up on on just the topic of loneliness in the UK and did you know that teenagers are rated as the the kind of, have the highest percentage of struggling with loneliness in the UK. So people your age in our nation feel the most lonely in in the UK. I thought, gosh, that's really interesting. And then also connected to that is that teenagers actually have the lowest percentage of being part of church. So in our nation, we've got You guys, your age group in our nation, are the most lonely and actually are the least that go to church. And I thought, isn't that interesting? I wonder if there's a correlation there in that God's plan and God's wisdom, church is the household of God. It's the family of God. It's a family that we belong to. And that actually, it's in that place that we can find relationships. And so to be part of God's family isn't just about going and being good and following the rules and making everyone think you're super great and then in the darkness doing whatever you want to do. Being part of God's family actually means a few things. So firstly, it actually means that we are loved for who we are. So in the church, you shouldn't have to be something that you're not. You shouldn't have to come to church and pretend to be someone that then the rest of the week you're totally different. If that's how you approach church, you've you've missed it. That's not God's plan. God's plan isn't church is the place where we go. We put on our masks and we pretend. Look how great I am. Everything's fine. I don't find anything difficult. I don't do anything bad. That's not what church should be. Church should be the place we're coming and we're saying, look, this is me. This is me warts and all. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly of my life. And church should be the place where we encounter love. Do you know why? Because that's how God loves us. The Bible says that whilst we were still sinners, whilst we were our ugliest and our worst and our naughtiest, Christ died for us. It says elsewhere that we love, the only way that we can love others is because God loved us first. And church should be the outworking of that. Church should be the place that we come and we find that experience, that we are loved for who we are. Now, that does not mean, and I think this is, again, something our culture's done, is our culture says that to love someone means that basically you've just got to say whatever they think and whatever they want to be and whatever they want to do, great, you be you, we love you. That's not actually what love is. Love is saying, actually, I believe that God's got plans and purposes for your life and I'm going to help you run into that. And so that means I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to be your biggest fan. I'm going to tell you all the things in you that are brilliant. But I'm also going to call out all the things that aren't honoring of God. That aren't going to help you grow into all that God has for you. I'm going to speak against those things. I'm going to say to you, in love, that isn't what God wants for you. That's what we should have in our churches. That's what church is. Being part of God's family is being loved for who we are. Hopefully that's our experience in family. I think healthy, godly family, like with your parents, with your Brothers and sisters, there should be this idea at work where you are loved for who you are, where you don't have to perform in front of your family, but also they don't just let you get away with whatever you want to get away with. I've got two daughters, Annabeth's here, she's nine. I love her for who she is, but I don't let her get away with whatever she wants to get away with, which frustrates her sometimes. But that's the picture of the church. That's how we should be. So we're loved for who we are, but we can also belong without performing. So actually, your belonging isn't based on how good you are. Do you, have you ever felt that in church? Like you're in youth group, or you've got your group of friends, or your youth leader speaking really well of you, or you know, your elder, or whoever you've got that's kind of leading the church, and when you feel like you're kind of doing really well, and you're kind of ticking all the boxes that good Christian teenagers should tick, suddenly everyone's really interested in you, and everyone's really kind to you, and they say really nice things to you, and then if you do something bad, it's kind of like you're ignored for a little while. That shouldn't be how church is. Church should be, we belong, and so we don't have to perform. We can be who God's made us to be, and we can run into that. So church matters, why? Because it's the household of God. It's God's family. Secondly, church matters, we see uh, Paul write, because it's the church of the living God. So the reason that church matters is because Jesus is alive. And as I spoke last night in the Big Top, that means, as he said, he is building his church. And so again, one of the problems that we have in our culture at the moment is that we have the problem of religion. We have the problem of where we see church as some religious exercise that we have to do that is like this kind of, if I go to church, then God will stay off my back. Yeah? And I'm sure no one in here thinks like this, but when I was younger, I used to think like that. If I just do the things that God thinks I should do, then it means I can do the other stuff when he's not looking and I can get away with it. And so we start to go into church thinking that church is about just ticking these boxes. And if I just go to this meeting, if I just go to youth group, if I just bring my Bible and kind of wave it in the air when they ask me to wave it in my air, they'll be like, oh, look at them. They must be—they must love Jesus so much. But actually, that isn't what church is about. Church isn't about duty. It's not about following rules. It's not about doing what's said. I don't know if you've ever experienced this with friends that aren't in church. But I get this a lot. I, I uh, am an elder in a church in Canterbury. Uh, and often when I talk to people about church, the language I'll get is like, I like Jesus. When I, when I hear of what, what I hear about Jesus, I quite like him, but I've got no time for church. I don't like church. I think that's a, that's a wrong way to think. I don't think you can have Jesus without the church. That was his plan. Jesus is, the church is Jesus' bride. The church is Jesus' body, is what the Bible tells us. And so actually, church matters because it's the church of the living God. And so we should be expectant in church, that's when we're gathered together, in our meetings, but that's also when we're scattered throughout our week, that being part of God's family and being part of the church that is of the living God means we will see God at work. We should expect that. I wonder how many of us go to church and we've got our seat that we sit in. We know where we sit. We have our routine for our Sunday mornings. We know I'm going to talk to this person and this person. I'm going to avoid that person. When I was younger, I used to go to a different type of church, to the church I go to now. uh, And it was one that kind of had more, you know, like order of service and there'd be things that happen. And in there, there'd be something called the peace. And this was the moment where all the older ladies would come to you and kiss you and give you the peace. And I'd just run to the toilet. I knew what time it was happening in the meeting. And just before it started, I'd leg it to the loo and I'd lock myself in the toilet until it was over. So the old ladies couldn't get me. That kind of idea isn't how we should be approaching church. We should be going thinking, Jesus is alive. Jesus cares about his church. Jesus is going to do something when the church gather. Jesus is going to do something in our lives. So we should expect, as the church, that when we come together, we will hear him. This week at New Day, we should expect that we're going to hear Jesus speak to us. We should expect that we're going to see Jesus move. What does that mean? What does it mean to hear or see Jesus move? Well, I think it can mean a few different things. When you look at the Bible, hearing Jesus isn't like he's just kind of, you know, I don't know, I'll, I'll pick on someone that I know. Um, I know Maddie. He'll be like, Maddie, this is Jesus. That's not, that isn't what's gonna happen at New Day for you. It might. In the Bible that happens, God speaks over Jesus. It says that he speaks loudly and everyone hears. I know one person that's ever heard the audible voice of God. I only know one person. So it's not normal. Uh, is what happens most of us the way that we'll hear God is that you'll just be like praying or you'll just be kind of walking around and suddenly this random thought will pop into your head that has had nothing to do with what's going on do you know what I mean so you're kind of just there you're kind of doing whatever and then suddenly you think about something why am I thinking about that thing that can be God sometimes it could just be like I just feel like this thought of this Bible verse has popped into my head and so I'm just going to go and look at the Bible one of the main ways God speaks to us is through the Bible that's why we have them we don't just have them to look I was going to say, cool, you don't look cool with the Bible, do you? But, like, you know, we don't just have them to impress our youth leaders or our parents. We have them because God speaks to us through the Bible. How do we see God move? That can be so different for each one of us. Sometimes some people really experience God physically. They'll shake, they'll cry, they'll laugh, they'll fall. Other people really experience God inside. Like there's this kind of peace that comes or electricity that runs through. Or God knows each of us and will come and speak. But it's the church of the living God. And so we should be expecting, what's the point in church is that, is that we go and we will see the living God at work. And then finally, it says that it's the pillar and foundation of truth. Church matters because it shows the truth. We live in a culture, again, one of the biggest problems in our culture is that we are anti-truth in our culture. Culture's narrative now is, find your truth. Whatever you want truth to be, it can be for you. And culture has taken that and turned that into with topics of identity, with topics of sex, with topics of God, with topics of church, even with truth itself. And they've said, you can find whatever you want. Friends, church matters. What's the point in church? It's because it reminds us. When we gather as God's people, we are reminded of the truth. We are reminded of who our God is, of what our God has done, of who we now are in him and how we now live because of what he's done in our life. That's the kind of basic flow of the Bible is what you see there. The Bible is even revealing one of those four things. Who God is, what he's done, who we are, and how we live, those four things. And so actually, church really matters. Because you will be listening to all the music you listen to, all the TV shows you watch, all the books you read, all the games you play, and they will be communicating some things to you that you need to understand. Actually, it's trying to push something that is different to what the Bible is saying. It's trying to communicate a truth that is different to what is the truth. What is the truth? Jesus. Jesus, when he was on earth, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And church... We come together to help one another. One of my favorite examples uh, I like to use when I talk about church, I didn't make it up, I heard it from someone that stole it, but it's a picture of a fire. If you had a fire with coal in, that fire is raging. All of those coals are white. When the coals go white, that means they're like burning hot. And then imagine you take, very carefully obviously, one of those coals out of the fire and you place it on the side. Do you know what happens? The fire keeps raging. That fire will keep burning. All the coals in the fire will still remain hot. The one that got taken out will very quickly cool down. And I think that's a picture of why church matters for us. When we're in church, when we're gathered together, I'm not just talking about the Sunday meeting here, remember, I'm talking about the community of church. When our lives are involved in one another, and we're talking to one another about the truth, and we're reminding each other, and we're modeling the truth to one another, what we see is that that helps us remain on fire for Jesus. That allows us to grow in passion for Jesus. That allows us to live holy lives for Jesus. If you take yourself out of church and put yourself over there, you will lose your heat. Jesus didn't make you for a me and Jesus. He made you for an us and Jesus. And so we want to be part of that. So that's, that's all I've got to say, really. Church matters. Why? Because it's the household of God. It matters because it's the church of the living God. And it matters because it's the pillar and foundation of the truth. Hope that's helpful. We're going to have some time for some questions, I think.
1: Okay, fantastic. So what we want, uh, wanted to try and do is kind of dig a little deeper. Um, hopefully, either from what Martin said or just kind of a general, um, your general reason for being at New Day is because you're part of a church, you enjoy being part of that church, you feel loved by that church. But there's some questions that you guys might have Um, that you either haven't had a chance to ask anybody um, or didn't think it was okay to. So I just wanted to invite some friends. I've got Jamie, um, who's coming up, and Daisy. Just give them a little round of applause, give them a bit of encouragement. Do you guys want to go and sit over there? Snuggle in. Um, so I thought it'd just be helpful. Can you see us? Yeah, you see us at the back. So I just thought it'd be helpful just to give you um, just a brief kind of one-minute intro um, to each of you um, and myself because we've got slightly different backgrounds. So, um, like I said, my name's Catherine. I didn't grow up in church. Um, I did youth Alpha, which is happening next door, um, but on a much smaller scale. Um, I did youth alpha at the age of 15, um, and I met with Jesus really powerfully, um, and my parents and my brother um, in the year that followed, all met with Jesus, and my whole family got saved in the space of a year, which is incredible. Um, so that 's my story.
2: I'll start. Hello i 'm um, Daisy, and i 'm from London um my parents well my dad is a pastor he leads yeah helps lead our church um and we church planted when i was five so yeah i've grown up in church and then became christian when i was 11.
3: hi my name's jamie Uh, i've been in church my whole life Uh, i also church planted um but yeah no i've been lots of different churches lots of different places yeah always sort of been involved I'm
0: Martin, uh, I, I did grow up in church actually, yeah, my parents didn't plant the church, I feel like the odd one out, um, but uh, yeah, I, I hated church and then I, I went away from church when I was 11 uh, and then when I was 15, uh, I got saved, became a Christian and then realised I had to go to church, so, <laughs> so then I, I started going to church again.
1: Okay, first question then to you Jamie, um, what, are, what were the best things about growing up in church for you?
3: Um, being surrounded by people that love me. Um, and I really felt that palpably, like, uh, I grew up in quite small churches, and so you got to know everyone super intimately, and it was like having a load of bunch of crazy aunt and uncles just always around, uh, and got to go to lots of people's houses, lots of ham hock for some reason, that was, that was a staple. Um, yeah, no, it was good, it was fun, and, uh, yeah, really loving, so.
1: Daisy, you are, um... You're an elders' kid. Um, there might be some other leaders and elders' kids um, in in the crowd, and we, we see you, um, Daisy. Was there anything that was challenging about growing up as the leaders' kid?
2: Um, so funny for myself. I've I've actually loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really caught a heart for um, yeah my dad's job. Actually, I just absolutely love it. Going yeah, being a part of. Um, small churches, yeah, pioneering, like seeing what God wants to do. It's just really, I find it really exciting. Um, yeah, I think for me personally, I probably um, have maybe struggled a bit with um, legalism. Just, I don't know if that's because I'm a pastor's kid or not, but I think that's something that I'm still kind of, yeah, stepping out of and just knowing, enjoying more of God's grace. Um, but yeah, I've absolutely loved being a pastor's kid. <laughs>
1: so you felt a little bit like you had to follow the the rules because your dad was in charge
2: um it's so funny I think yeah I think naturally by personality (laughs) I'm I quite like following rules but um yeah I don't think that was the pressure that my parents gave me but I think um yeah I don't know I just think that was my experience and yeah, yeah
1: great Martin why why do churches meet on Sundays
0: Why do churches meet on Sundays? Great question. We meet on Sundays because um, anyone know? Oh, look at this. Yeah. It is the Sabbath. The Sabbath was originally the Saturday until Christianity kind of formed. So obviously Old Testament wise, when it talks about Sabbath, it talks about Saturday. Christianity, Sabbath moved to the Sunday. Anyone know why it moved to the Sunday? Um, Annabeth, do you know? Jesus rose from the dead on Sundays, so that's why we gather on Sundays, because we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus when we come together. He changed everything. He changed everything, and church is built upon the hope that's found in Jesus. And so actually, even that, the fact that we gather on Sundays, that we don't gather on Saturdays, is because our, our whole attention is on Jesus, and the fact that he rose from the grave, and our confidence and our hope is found in that. So yeah, that's why.
1: Jamie, you um, said that you changed church quite a lot as you were a kid um, through church planting, which for those of you that don't know is kind of when a um, a family or a group of people decide that um, or kind of hear from God that they need to go and start a new church and a new place to reach a new group of people. Um, And if you've done that more than once, that's quite a lot of change. Um, So what was your experience and what advice would you give to anybody who might be in that the experience of kind of going from a church that is familiar and is home to leaving that and starting something new.
3: So, yeah, I've, I've moved church four times. I'm on my fourth one. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just a lot. Um, and I, I don't know, advice, um, be friendly. I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's getting stuck in um, is really, really helpful. Um, I've served everywhere, apart from singing, because my voice is awful. Um, and And I feel like that's a really key way. Get involved, get going jump into that family sort of setting but it is really scary um and a lot of prayer because uh, i don't know i i used to feel uh that i would never make friends and i would you know uh, just be alone in a church building by myself but um no god's always his heart is for you to be involved and to be loved and to be surrounded by people that love you so prayer is really helpful get stuck in is really helpful, and uh, I think your starting attitude really helps as well. So, you know, if you go in with a big smile, go in with um, that sort of buzz about you, I think, yeah, that's, that's my advice. Yeah.
0: One of the things that really struck me when I, I met with Jamie a little while ago and we were chatting, uh, and he was telling me about kind of just his story of um, church planting, and he kept using the language that we church planted when he talked about, I mean, and you were how old when, you, when your parents first planted? Uh, I was nine. I love that. So he was nine years old, and he saw it as... It wasn't my parents planted a church; it was we planted. And I think that's a really important principle. I just wanted to draw out in terms of I think sometimes at the age that you're at, I don't know, but you might think that um, you're too young to actually. Do you know what I mean so you might get to do a few bits in youth group? Maybe you get to be in the youth band, or you get to do a talk in youth, or, or lead it. Do you know what I mean that kind of thing? But in the church, it's like no, I'm too, you know, that's for the grown-ups. I love the fact that Jamie's modelling there something, and I'd really encourage you in actually. We need you. The church needs you. We need what you see, how you think. We need you to, to run into the things that God's got for you. And it brings, as, as, a, as a pastor in a church, it genuinely brings me, nothing brings me more joy than seeing people running in their lane of what God's got for them. And so I just love that idea of like seeing it as my top tip for you would be, don't just see, if you're involved in church planting because your parents have, have kind of moved into that and gone, don't just see it as something that you've been kind of, dragged into, but see it's something that God's drawn you into, and that he's got plans for you in that.
1: Okay. Um, What do you think God thinks about, this is a question to Martin, what does God think about um, playing sports or having sleepovers that go into a Sunday morning?
0: That is just unacceptable. I think God is, no. Um, What does God think about that? Well, uh, I think God is far bigger. As if, if, if what I was saying earlier is that church is about a family that we belong to, not a meeting that we attend, then obviously it's not all about if you miss a Sunday every now and then that God's like, right, you know, you were climbing the ladder of, no, you're back down to ground zero. Like, that's unforgivable. I don't think God sees it in that way. I think the concern would start to come, I think, in the heart of God and I think in, in the heart of, of others would be if that becomes the norm. So if actually you're playing sport every Sunday, and so you're never able to be around the church community uh, and with the church and kind of coming under the truth and being built up, or if you're having sleepovers with mates and it's just becoming, you're, doing, you're, missing, you're missing being with the church family more than you are being there. I do think that that's a concern. If you go back to that picture I shared of the fire and the coal coming out, I think that's where what you're doing is you're, you're taking yourself out of a context when well, you're actually going to be able to really grow into all that Jesus has for you. And so Jesus would be concerned by that, I think. And his desire would be that you are knitted in and committed to a church. When you look in the, particularly the book of Acts, the language that's used of people that became Christians was that they were saved. So that means that we were saved from our sin, our guilt, our shame. Jesus took that all for us. And we were saved into relationship with Jesus and into the church and into family. And then it says, and they were added saved and added and there was this idea of actually from the beginning of the church that you were added into a community and that that became a very core part of your life And so, I think the concern that, that I, I think God would have I can't speak on his behalf in that sense but I think uh, would be that kind of I suppose if whatever it is it could be sports could be friends could be do you mean it could, it could be whatever if that is affecting your ability to really be able to belong to the church family. I think that would be of concern. And if that's you, I used to play football. Um, I, love, I love football. Um, and for quite a few years, my team played on Sunday mornings. That coincided with, I suppose, my time of not really liking church. I wasn't a Christian. I'd grown up in church. I would have called myself a Christian, but that's because my parents went to church. So I thought that's what, you know. That's kind of what makes you a Christian. It was only when I was 15 and I went to this youth camp, uh, and I kind of, I suppose I heard really for the first time, like, wow, gosh, this is, it means about a personal relationship with Jesus. And I made a decision then that I'm, I'm not going to play football on Sundays because I, I want to put Jesus first. And for me, that was a real, you know, that was a really big, like, cost. Like, this sucks that I've got to give up playing football on Sundays. But I really, Jesus is more important than that. And I think there will be moments in our lives, and this will happen throughout your life if you love Jesus and if you follow him, where there is a decision that needs to be made of saying, I love Jesus more than this. And so I'm willing to make that sacrifice because Jesus is worth it. And I think if it's getting in the way of your relationship with God and your ability to belong to the church family, God would be concerned. If your team gets into a big cup final, and one, you know, one Sunday in a year you've got this big cup final, or um, your, your best friend's birthday is like sleepovers on the Saturday night into the Sunday, Jesus isn't like this is horrendous totally gets that he understands it if it starts to cut across consistently you belonging
1: yeah and I think that one of the things that marks us out as a, as a movement of churches um, is that we preach grace um, And so we don't believe that we follow rules to uh, kind of gain God's love and approval and acceptance. We believe that we have that. And because we have that, we want to do things that delight him. And so whether you're kind of an elder's kid or whether um, you're not, it doesn't matter. Like God approves of you. God loves you. um, And, yeah, you don't have to to work for that at all um a question for you daisy um so over covid we saw kind of a rise in um church online and it's really easy now to kind of access churches not just our own um but churches all over the world so um how would you compare kind of church online to church in person um are uh, you know advantages and disadvantages that sort of thing
2: Oh, I would just say that church in person is amazing. (laughs) I think it probably in some ways is more of a sacrifice, um, but I think it's worth it, is what I'd say. I remember going from lockdown and just transitioning, even with City Church, and we weren't even allowed to sing, but we were allowed to come together, um, and it was just the presence of God. It was just insane. It was like nothing really, that I'd had in in lockdown. Um, Obviously, you can meet with God one-to-one in your bedroom or whatever. And, yeah, God was doing amazing things um, through lockdown. But there is something so special about being with other people, being with other people that are excited about God and seeking him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, wonderful. And, Jamie, just to pick up on that then, um, does it matter which churches you engage with online? Because, obviously, these days you can listen to a preach from somebody in Australia or in America, um, you can just kind of find a sermon um, anywhere. Is there any kind of advice that you'd give or kind of top tips um, if you're going to listen to a sermon, you know, about the person or the church or anything like that? Is there...
3: Yeah, I think it's amazing that we can listen to so many of our brothers and sisters overseas. Uh, I, would, I would say, you know, talk to your, your church leader or your youth leader, and say, Oh, look, I, I, I want to get involved. I'm going to my normal church service. I, I want more. I want to listen more. Um, yeah, and maybe you can get some recommendations because there's a load of people out there in the world, and some of them are a bit crazy. So, um, yeah, use your resources. And it's amazing that we can listen to people in America, listen to people in Australia. And if you can speak other languages, you know, that's fantastic. But, you know, uh, yeah, talk to your leaders, talk to your youth leaders and really get that, you know, that good gospel message and not, you know, something that maybe isn't as healthy for you because you want to be filling your brain with amazing things. So, uh, yeah, use your resources, but, yeah, maybe talk to someone first, I think, because, you know, you're young and impressionable.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. Um, Martin, some of the people here, they're um, maybe one of their parents or both of their parents or siblings, don't go to church um, and just kind of love to get your thoughts on that. Is it all right to go to church if your mum and dad don't? Is it all right to go to a different church to your mum and dad if the church your mum and dad goes to might, is a little bit more boring than the one that you want to go to?
0: Great question. Um, I think it's, it's, there are probably two separate questions. So I'll go for the first one. Um, is it okay to go to church if your mum and dad don't, don't go to church? Simple answer is yes, absolutely. Um, and I think actually if you are someone that your family are not Christians, they don't go to church, and that you do, I just honor you for that. I recognize that that's, a, that's amazing um, that you are self-motivated at this age to get to church, to be there, to find your way to, to to church, to all that kind of stuff. I just think is really amazing and I really honor you in that. Um, I think that, there's an amazing opportunity for you if, if you're here and um, that's you. It's an amazing opportunity for you to show Jesus to your family, um, that God might use you to reveal himself to them. Um, I think that's incredible. So I'd really encourage you uh, in that. But I think it's probably how you do that. I think it's kind of, you know, very clearly in the scriptures, we see that we're called to honor our mums and dads. Um, sometimes that's really easy. Annabeth finds it so easy to honor her mum and dad just all the time because they're just... Perfect. They never make mistakes. Just, just, No, not true. Uh, We make many mistakes. Um, But actually, honoring your mum and dad isn't because they get everything right and so you should. That's not what it is. Actually, I think it just reveals God's heart. Actually, we're called to honor our parents, to respect our parents. And so I think you need to make sure you do it in a way where you're in conversation with them. Now, I think for some, actually, we can find that we come to know Jesus uh, and we fall in love with him. And our family actually at a place where they hate Jesus and they hate church. Maybe they've experienced hurt and pain. I think my encouragement to you would be um, church is still important for you, but just how you navigate that, be kind, be gracious. We want to show Jesus to them. We want, we want to understand that. And so I just think if that's you and if that's a challenge you face, I'd encourage you to talk to people this week. Talk to your youth leaders. Come and chat to us. We'd love to chat and pray with you. But I think, yeah, absolutely. If your family don't go to church, we, I, I think it's brilliant if you go to church. Second question your family go to a boring church and the church down the road is all like, wow, that looks so exciting and amazing. I want to go to that church. Can I? Again, simple answer is, well, yeah, you can. Um, But I guess a couple of things I'd say on that is first one is, again, I think you have a responsibility to honor your mum and dad. And so it's not just kind of one morning coming down and being like, I'm going to a different church. Your church is so boring and rubbish. That's not the way to do it, is it? So I think it's, In conversation with them and I think for me my question to you would be on why why would you want to go there if you want to go there because they put on a better show I'd actually be like just be careful with that Mm. because church isn't a show Mm. so you shouldn't be going there because like oh the worship music's amazing and the talks are much more exciting and that's not what hopefully I've hammered this in today church isn't about the meeting church is about the family It's it's about belonging to a family if, though, for example, that you're in a context where maybe you're the only person your age in the church and you're feeling quite lonely and isolated and you're not finding that support that you're getting, then that's where I think a conversation, if there was a church nearby that had other, uh, like, more young people in it and you think, thinking, oh, I'd be love to be connected to that. There are ways to think that through, conversations that can be had. That doesn't mean you have to leave one church to connect into another. It could be that you connect into the youth group uh, in some ways with that group. But you see, I mean, so I think... But I want to say this to you. you. The church that you're in are so blessed to have you in that church. And actually, most of the churches in the UK do not have people your age in their churches. And so you might feel like you're the only one in your church, and you might find that really hard. And I totally get that. I think if you do, I'd encourage you, chat to your parents about that. Chat to your friends. Try and work out a way around. But I would say this, that you being there is massive for your church. And actually, I suppose, going back to, as Jamie had that mindset of, I'm planting this church with my family, you can help shape the church, you can help help the church think through, how can we be a church that is more inv- inviting for people our age, and, or your age, I'm not your age anymore, in uh, that kind of way. So I think, yeah, there'd they'd be my answers.
1: Jamie, maybe you could pick up, up on that. Then, Um, I think sometimes we think that we have to wait until we're 18 to start serving the church and kind of um, offer anything of of kind of value. Um, And there will be certain ministries, I imagine, in your churches that um, there'll be safeguarding reasons for that. But there's loads of different ways that you can get involved in serving, helping, being part of the family, making church happen. Um, I just wondered if you could suggest any.
3: Yeah, I mean... Since I was nine, I've been going every Sunday and setting up church, just putting chairs out. It's so easy. Um, And that's why I can do it because (laughs) I don't need any complicated skills. I just pick a chair from one place and you put it in another place. Um, It's fantastic. It's brilliant. Um, Yeah, and I think, you know, just by going to your your youth leaders and your elders and saying, look, I want to serve, and they'll put you in places because that's the one thing that, elders love to hear is I want to serve that's like the magic word um and yeah they all put you in places that is appropriate for your skill set and your age and as you get older different approaches will uh, you know come about and you know I'm, I've I've cleaned toilets you know if you want to volunteer for that one that's a big one um you know toilets you know uh, coffees teas chairs you know if you've got a musical gifting that's fantastic as well but yeah have a conversation with your elders, your youth leaders, your, your, the people that you're close to um, and find something that fits you because there's always a place for you in the kingdom of God. So, um, you know, yes, yeah, really have that conversation.
1: Yeah, one thing i just add, I just had a, a thought. One of the things that we do in our church is um, some of the youth kind of shadow people who are in different roles. So if you kind of you want to be a part of the worship team or you want to help on tech or you want to be part of hospitality or kids work or that sort of thing there may also be opportunities for you to kind of go in and you're not kind of officially serving from a, like an insurance health and safety perspective but you're there and you can just learn kind of the culture and the environment um, and the attitude and the heart attitude of, of how to serve um, I just wanted to give an opportunity if anybody had any questions on the floor um, oh great give my time to Gorge but about the football, I don't think I'm ready to like, give up football yet. I, it's okay. um, I, um, I don't want to like, give up football yet, and I, just, I think like, I just want to keep um, p- pursuing that, so I don't know
2: how do I work on that. Yeah.
0: That is a great question. That's a, what's your name, sorry? Uh, Macy. Macy. Oh, is that a personalised top? It is. I was looking at it like, if that's a personalised top, that's really cool, and it is. That's a great question. Um... I would say, he, does, he doesn't even care about the answer, he just wanted to be, be seen by everyone. Look at me when I don't know. Um, I would say that I think um, Jesus knows your heart. Keep that conversation going with Jesus. Keep that conversation going with your youth leaders and your friends. I think that um, I totally understand. And I think that actually, obviously, today we're looking at church. We're talking a lot about church. On Thursday, mm-hmm. Sanjeev's going to talk about kind of telling others. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you're talking about, football is a great opportunity to be amongst people that don't know Jesus. And it's so important that we do that as well. So I do think there's a, there's a blend and a way to work it through. But my question to you, Macy, would be this. If you start to notice, how do you notice if football is, is hindering your wanting to love God? And if you notice that you love football more than you love God, then it might be that God's saying, actually, there needs to be a you know, sacrifice is part of following Jesus. I need to lay that down. That was for me. I know that I loved football more than I loved Jesus. And so I need to be like, I needed to be quite kind of, do you know what I mean? I'm going to stop. I don't think it's kind of hard and fast. If you're playing, if you're in a football team, please don't leave New Day and be like, New Day said I can't play football anymore. That's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is I think that there's ways to explore it. Are there teams that play on Saturdays instead of Sundays? Are there teams that play Sunday afternoons instead of Sunday mornings? Are there ways to be connected and involved in the church community if you're not able to be there on the Sunday morning. They're the kind of things to be thinking about rather than just, yeah, oh, I have to stop football straight away. Does that make sense? Is that all right?
1: Can I say something there? I think um, the, the broader question is, is it God? And so we gather on Sunday mornings to worship Jesus because we d- believe that Jesus is the only God. And now there will be other um, things as you, as you grow up and you get jobs. You think about people who are nurses or police officers or work in supermarkets. There'll be things that call your time on a Sunday morning, um, and that doesn't mean that your relationship with Jesus is any lesser, doesn't mean that you're any lesser of a Christian, it just means that that particular commitment um, and that particular calling on your life or that season of your life means that there's a commitment on on that time on a Sunday morning, but I think it's, it's like Martin was saying, it's a heart attitude of just like, is this, do I love this more than Jesus? Is this more important than Jesus? Can I do anything else to make this not on a Sunday morning? And if you can't, then you have a conversation with him and with your parents. So, Any other questions?